Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show Podcast, Hour 2. Greetings, welcome friends and critics. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I want to shake things. I'll get to the TikTok thing. I, I will. But I think I'd rather talk about something else first. Um, we're There's something happening in the country all of a sudden. It may be sailing under the radar for you. I, your host, however, have a perceptive sense of things that are happening that might otherwise sail under the radar and go unnoticed by the audience. That's why I'm behind the microphone. It's my time to tell you the intriguing things happening in the public that you might otherwise be unaware of. And this one, I think, is very notable, probably far more notable than people otherwise realize. Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, and her husband, Doug, have begun the Kamala Harris likability tour. And you will note in doing the Kamala Harris likability tour, Kamala Harris is going on liberal talk shows. For example, she's going on Stephen Colbert's show, where no conservative would waste their time. As our Joe Biden has said, he intends to run, and if he does, I will be running with him. Okay, so he does intend to run. (laughs) (laughs) Kamala Harris. Oh, it's it's the Kamala Harris likability tour. Hang on, there's one more clip here. Well, you, you have said that you intend to run in 2024 with President Biden. Is that your way of letting us know that he intends to run? Well, as the president has said, we're not going to make any announcements tonight on this okay. show. But, right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he wouldn't mind at all. Yeah. I'm sure you're getting out in front of it. I'm sure President but. Obama used Joe Biden to float a few ideas out there for him here and there. Go ahead. The, Just as, say as our Joe Biden has said, he intends to run. And- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Her laugh. My goodness, her laugh. Um, She did say one thing that I I do have to note was somewhat funny. Um, This this exchange right here. I know you love Veep. I do. I I love Veep. Is it accurate? There is. There are bits of it that are actually quite accurate. And um, okay, so last week. So my team, they were, we were having long days as usual. And a member of my team decided to do something really sweet for me. So I was out of my office in the West Wing. I was having a meeting across the street and we're walking back toward my office. And he says, I need to tell you something. So I wanted, you know, the winter is almost over. It's really cold today. We haven't lit your fireplace. So I decided when you were in that meeting to light the fireplace. But he forgot to open the flute. <laughs> so Secret Service was like, ma'am, you could not go back to your office. 
Because there was smoke everywhere, but it was the or just sweetest hand gesture. In there and it was a beautiful cure on it. It's just, <laughs> mm -hmm. So there are those moments. Oh, sure. uh, the staff lit the fireplace for her. It was a sweet moment, y'all. Forgot to open the flu. Okay, that is kind of funny. You do have to laugh. But now, it's not just her. It's not just her. Her husband is also out there, Doug Imhoff. And you got to listen to this clip to be believed. All of these clips in juxtaposition are perfect. This is Doug Imhoff, the husband of the vice president, the second gentleman of the United States. I also met some Ukrainian refugees who were there. Uh, and we need to support them. And I met one woman who was saved in the Holocaust in Germany, settled in Ukraine, and is now a refugee again back in Berlin, where she originally left as a, as a Jew in the Holocaust. So you can't, these are the stories that are happening out there. And so this stuff is so important. This hate is interconnected. You see it in the discourse in the country right now. You see it in the, in the divide that we have and that. Just going to the school meeting, you see that, that hate that is out there. We've got to step up and speak out. And we've got to call out the cowards out there. People, as my wife likes to say, these so-called leaders, but she's right. Because you can't be in leadership if you're not going to lead. The second gentleman of the United States, Kamala Harris's husband, just compared parents at school board meetings to Nazis. Kamala Harris's husband thinks if you go to the school board and complain about the lockdowns or the failures to educate or the indoctrination or the explicit pornography in the elementary school library, you are a Nazi. That is Kamala Harris's husband. Now, all of these clips together, this is this is the this is the issue here. They've started the Kamala Harris likability tour. It is not a coincidence that Kamala Harris goes to Iowa and goes on the Colbert Show and her husband is boosting his profile all at the same time after a series of stories in Politico, The Washington Post, New York Times, and CNN that Democrats think Kamala Harris is a drag on the Biden ticket. It is not a coincidence that this is happening after that series of stories where according to Democrats on background, we're talking Senate Democrats, we're talking House Democrats, we're talking Democratic consultants, we're talking the people Kamala Harris referred reporters to to say nice things about her, and they expressed they actually had concerns about her. All these people raising these concerns, so the White House does what? They put her on the Kamala Harris likability tour. Go on Stephen Colbert. The Stephen Colbert choice is notable because Colbert is a political talk show masquerading as a late night show. Colbert is distinctly of the left and has turned his show completely into a, the affirmation amen choir of the left. You do not hear or see or, or have any Republicans on the show. All of the jokes are disparaging towards conservatives and Republicans. Nothing that he says makes Democrats look bad. He goes out of his way to protect the Democrats on his show. And so they put Kamala Harris in a safe space of progressives 
because she's got to be likable to them. They don't care about you and me. They don't care about conservatives. The fact that they're having to try to get Kamala Harris to appeal to Stephen Colbert's watch viewers is actually a pretty damning indictment of what the polling must show about her. And then you trot her husband out, and he compares parents who go to school board meetings to Nazis. How clueless are these people? How clueless are these people? Here's a side take. This is my hot take of the day. If she flubs the likability tour, if they don't see meaningful, measurable improvement in her polling among Democrats, they can toss her and say she did it to herself. This is, it's, you know, Dan Quayle did not have to do this in 1992. Dan Quayle was widely regarded as a he's actually a very brilliant man, but was regarded as a lightweight in the vice presidency. People were kind of flummoxed by Dan Quayle as the pick for vice president of the United States. Uh, he had a series of, of uh, mistakes on the campaign trail, including the famous potato one, which actually uh, the teacher had written out potato having an E on the end. People forget that. it was Maybe it was an intentional setup. Maybe the teacher was just stupid. But Quayle was asked to judge the spelling bee. A kid spelled potato right. Quayle told him to put an E on the end, and that's what was written on the piece of paper. That's the actual true story of what happened. But it was used to vilify Quayle as some sort of idiot on the campaign trail, badly managed by staff, and Kamala Harris is going through it like Dan Quayle. The difference is that Dan Quayle and his staff liked each other. Dan Quayle was typically well-prepared as vice president. He did not have high staff rollover. Kamala Harris has high staff rollover. Kamala Harris has one of the highest staff rollovers in Washington outside of Amy Klobuchar's office. She's just a difficult person to work for. She doesn't do her prep. Kamala Harris doesn't read the briefing books ahead of time, typically. She waits until she's almost there. She tries to plow through them, rushed. She's not a dumb person. And and we got to be careful here because I I know that uh, both sides try to vilify the other side as idiots. You don't actually become vice president of the United States by being an idiot. I may not like her, but I'm not going to say she's dumb. She was uh, the district attorney in San Francisco. She became the attorney general for California. She got to the United States Senate. She's vice president of the United States. She uh, She may not be Einstein, but I also don't think she's Pee Wee Herman. The problem is that it's not that she's dumb. She's lazy. She doesn't want to do the work. This is a recurring theme when she was in the Senate, when she was in the AG's office, now that she's in the White House. She doesn't want to do the work. She wants other people to do the work, give her the briefing, and let her run with it. When you are the when you are a district attorney in San Francisco, that's okay. you got a lot of staff under you actually doing the prosecutions. When you're attorney general in California, you got a lot of staff under you. When you're vice president, you don't actually have a massive pool of staff. you got to do some of the lifting, and she's not. She's come across as unlikable to a lot of people. She's had a terrible, terrible round of speeches where she says really stupid things. I played you the one about the astronauts, and and, and then they went up. 
It, it, it was ridiculous. I, I, I don't know that I can find the audio immediately, but she's she's explaining about the astronauts and how, and then they got in the capsule, and then they closed the door, and then the rockets fired, and and yes, yes, I know they went up. It was cr- so cringeworthy. And she does that over and over and over. She she has all of these cringeworthy moments where she does these stupid things. She's become very unlikable. She's considered high maintenance of the White House. And now she's got to go on a likability tour. If she fails the likability tour, they have license to drop her. But what it signifies is they're trying to boost her profile now before Joe Biden formally announces he's running for president because they have a problem. Poll after poll after poll shows independent voters who might be willing to consider Biden are put off by Kamala Harris. And who can blame them? And now, Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. So my kid has a queen size bed. We've got a king size bed. We got him bull and branch sheets and he's used them. He had like kid sheets and now he's old enough. He doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen size sheets and they got put in our closet and the kid was in despair. We got him bowl and branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer. And he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of bowl and branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness. my Seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like, my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now. And... Uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had. And now he's like, can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed and it fits. It doesn't like bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowling Branch sheets when you use promo code Eric at BowlingBranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation, 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. Kevin, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Great. Uh, thank you, Eric. Love the show. Um, I remember how effectively in 2008 the Democrats ran against Sarah Palin. And I had the sense uh, at that time that, that they really crippled John McCain's prospects with independence in particular. Doesn't the GOP have a similar opportunity in 2024 by focusing fire on Kamala Harris to score points against Biden? 
She just seems like such a clear liability for the Democrats. It would be a shame if the GOP didn't seize the opportunity. Yeah, look, I I think you're absolutely right on that. And in fact, the data shows that that is one of the Democrats' concerns. The number one issue voters have with Joe Biden is his age, which means those voters are mindful that there needs to be someone standing in the shadows to replace him. And Kamala Harris has lower approval ratings than Donald Trump. I mean, Kamala Harris is, is the least popular Democrat. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, Biden's job approval right now and the average is 41%. Donald Trump's favorability right now is 38%. Kamala Harris's uh, job approval is also 38%. She and Donald Trump are tied. DeSantis, interestingly enough, is at 43.6 with an unfavorability of 39.6. So DeSantis is four points higher, favorable, unfavorable. He's the only politician like that, other than Hakeem Jeffries, who is up uh, three-tenths of a point, but he's unknown. A quarter finding favorable, 24% finding unfavorable. Uh, all these other people, though, bad. Mitch McConnell, probably the most unpopular politician in the country. He's got 51% unlikability, uh, 20% likability. Interestingly enough, Joe Biden has 51.7% unlikability, unfavorability. McConnell has 51.6. Donald Trump has 55% unlikability. Kamala Harris is 50.8% don't like her. Only 38% like her. She is a huge liability for the Democrats right now, and they know it. You've had multiple Democrats on background saying she's a disaster waiting to happen. They think that Biden needs to replace her, and he's not going to do it. He can't do it. Who does Joe Biden replace a black Asian woman with? Gay white man Pete Buttigieg? No. Black voters would be furious. White male? Cis, hetero, white male? No. Everybody else would be furious. He's got to stick with Kamala Harris, and she's a liability for him. That's just the reality. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. Wherever you are in the world listening, the phone number is 877-973-7425. I'm going to go take Sandy's phone call here. Sandy, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Um Quick question for you regarding this crisis with the banks. Some speculate the Democrats are interested in creating a uh, central bank digital currency. And I'm just under, trying to understand, can the Federal Reserve do that unilaterally or that have to go through Congress and um, you know, get your thoughts on something like that? Oh, in general? that's a great question. I actually think it's, it's dubious. Um, the, I, I agree. The Fed thinks they have the right to do it. I don't know that they can get uh, five members of the Supreme Court to say they have the right to do it. Uh, And the reason for that is actually the very basic constitutional argument that it is Congress that gets to authorize uh, the currency in the nation. And Congress has given specificity as to what that currency is and it's paper and coins. Congress hasn't authorized a digital currency in the United States for transactions. Now, people say, well, what about credit cards and stuff? Well, credit cards are you're contracting with a private company, and that company actually transmits the currency. Uh, You swipe your credit card, and that company you contract with sends money to the business. 
uh, and it may involve electronic transfers, but that's not the same as an actual digital representation of currency like cryptocurrency tied to an algorithm. Uh, I think it's fundamentally different. And I got to tell you, I'm not a big fan of crypto to begin with. I'm I look a signature bank out of business. It's it's the one that lent crypto. I've got friends of mine who love it, who trust it, who think it is a great thing. I don't. In part, I will admit, I don't understand uh, cryptocurrency. I well, let me just let me back up. I understand it enough to know there's a lot I don't understand. I understand the general parameters of it's tied to algorithms and and numbers and um and, and the like and, and you can transfer it and have an exchange. I don't actually buy the idea that it is some better form of currency in large part because if you got a country that bans it, well, your money's worthless. And the exchange rate and everything else, I just, I, I got, I understand people enamored with the technology. I'm enamored with technology too, but that's not the same thing. And then I just, I find it deeply problematic when we see where some countries have gone with this. I don't think the United States will get per se like China with a social uh, score for people where China can suddenly block you from buying things because your social credit score isn't high enough. And I, I know people are concerned in this country, but to some degree we have this with companies and who can and cannot do business, uh, with cancel culture and the like. I don't want a digital currency. I don't want a digital currency. I am fine having actual currency, printed dollars, and manufactured, pressed out coins, have my credit card or, sorry, Dave Ramsey, my debit card, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the, I mean, the basics of Venmo and stuff, but what we're actually doing is we're not transferring a uh, cryptographically secure currency. We're transferring bits that are tied to our bank accounts and like when we use Venmo or Apple Pay and stuff like that. I just don't think we need a digital currency. And I think if we have a digital currency, it'll be abused. And but. Another point, if my friend Braden were here to tell me, uh, he would tell me I'm missing a bigger point here. The whole point of crypto is to bypass government control of the transfer of funds. You have a digital currency, suddenly you've undermined the whole point of crypto to begin with. So why bother with a digital currency? I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why we would want to subject ourselves to anything like that. Um, it just, it seems like it would be a terrible idea. On top of that, it seems like uh, the government and others, it would just be right for you. So for example, and man, Sandy, you, you, you have sent me down the rabbit hole on this one, but I think it's worth going down. Consider this with me. Right now, the government of the United States, the FBI, the British government, the French, the Europeans, the Chinese, they want back doors into your text messages. There's a program out there called WhatsApp. It's owned by Facebook, and it is secure. That is, Facebook cannot get in and read your messages. 
there's a program out there called Signal that a lot of my friends use. And I just I, – I have a lot of friends on Signal and I love them, but I just – I can't use it. I mean I get messages on Instagram and Twitter. I get messages on WhatsApp. I get messages in iMessages. I, I get emails. I get regular text messages. I'm just – I'm overwhelmed with people having so many access points to me. I can't – Signal's just one more thing. The reason people use Signal is because you delete it, it's gone. And as a buddy of mine was saying, he regularly deletes his Signal chats. Like every Friday, he deletes every chat he's gotten through Signal. And it's a document retention policy. And as long as you are consistent with doing it, legally the government can't accuse you of destroying evidence because if every Friday you're all, every week deleting your signal chats, that's a document retention policy. And document retention policies are, are legal in his mind. That's not me giving you legal advice, by the way. That's a friend of mine who's a lawyer who says that. iMessage, the blue chats, I sent Charlie so painfully to spike me. My producer refuses to get an iPhone. And I actually don't want him to have an iPhone, if I'm honest, because if he had an iPhone, he would just complain nonstop. It would be like having a second wife complaining about technology because my real wife complains about technology all the time. Having him with an iPhone, it would be nonstop just belly aching about, I don't know if my phone does this. It didn't do that when I had an Android. Why don't the app not the same? Oh, my Lord. Help me. Spare me. I don't want him to have an iPhone. I also don't chat with him on his phone because it generates a green bubble, and I philosophically have a problem chatting with the poor. So I send him his text messages on his on his laptop, which is a Mac, and so he gets the blue bubble. And I mean, I, I don't like to chat with people who have the green bubble. It just it it. I mean, it means you're an inferior species, essentially. <laughs> Ongoing jokes here. But if you're in iMessage. And you're chatting with other people in iMessage, and the bubble is blue. It means it's also end-to-end secured, so the government cannot go to Apple and ask for your iMessages and get the transcript of it. Now, the government says, well, we need to have a backdoor into these message channels because what if Al-Qaeda's planning the next 9-11 and we can't get in? Except here's the problem. We have seen time and time again hackers getting data from the federal government. They just did something in the, in the, the Pentagon a couple of years with veterans records. Hackers were able to get a bunch of records. I think the Social Security Administration is one of them. I think the Social Security Administration, don't hold me to that one, but I think it's one of the federal entities that have been hacked. If you give the federal government a backdoor to your text messages, you are giving the Chinese a backdoor to your text messages. You are giving hackers backdoors to your text messages. All the time now we hear about companies that are getting hacked, the Russians, the Hungarians, you name it. What was it, the Colonial Pipeline? Uh, they shut down the pipeline and, and the pipeline company had to actually pay. Some companies decide they're not going to pay and they go through painful, painful, painful processes to reconstitute all of their emails and data and their phone systems and the like when they've been shut out of everything by the hackers because they won't pay. Wait until that happens to you because you've given the government a backdoor into your iCloud account or your WhatsApp account 
or or your telegraph or your signal, and then the hackers get a hold of it. It's a terrible idea. Are there people out there today using Telegram or Signal or WhatsApp to plan the next terror attack? You're damn right they are. And are there people out there using those programs to send child porn? Absolutely. But they'll just find other ways. 9-11 was planned before the iPhone. 9-11 was planned and carried out before Signal, before WhatsApp, before iMessage, before iCloud. 9-11 was planned before all of those things, and they were able to pull it off. You really think they can't figure out ways around it? Meanwhile, you give the government the back door. The hackers are going to get into your life. So another reason not to have cryptocurrency sponsored by the government. They're going to steal all your money. All your money is going to get stolen. It's bad enough these days with your bank accounts. So I got the Apple Card. This is this is not a, a brag moment. Let me just explain to you the Apple Card. So the Apple Card is a digital credit card. You use Apple Pay, and it goes to the card. I have a physical card with it. And the genius of the physical card is that it's got the security chip on it. It doesn't have a physical number on it. You cannot look at the credit card and find the number or the expiration date. It doesn't exist on the card. The security code doesn't exist on the card. I got the Apple card and replaced my debit card because my debit card kept being stolen. I would go, Louisiana is notorious for this. Literally, I had this happen to me in Louisiana. I went to see my parents, put the debit card in to pay for gas, and 30 minutes later, Bank of America's calling saying someone had access to your debit card number. It's happened to me more than once. It's kind of the ongoing joke with my family. When we go to Louisiana, don't use your debit card in a, in a gas station gas pump or it's going to get stolen. With the Apple card, the number on the physical card, it changes regularly too. So it's super true. This is not an ad for the Apple card. All I'm saying is I use it because I've never had the number stolen. And with my debit card, it happened every six months or so. Bank of America having to send me a new debit card because someone got the number. Can you imagine if the federal government set up a cryptocurrency exchange given the number of hacks into the government already? They would be stealing your algorithmic data and stealing your digital currency from the federal government. You don't even have to worry about the government abusing it to shut you out of the system because you did something cancelable. Just worry about the hackers. It's a terrible idea to do some sort of digital currency. I cannot believe I just spent an entire monologue on the Sandy, it's all your fault on the Fed and the digital currency, the cryptocurrency stuff, it's all your fault, but it's worth saying it's a horrible, horrible idea. Now, if you want a really good idea, you can go to EdenPureDeals.com and get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms. How about that transition? What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com. You see the front page of the website. You put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Next week, I'm not going to be here. It is spring. I have taken off days from work. I want you all to know I've taken off days from work this year. There have been days where I've been gone. All of them have been work-related. Not a single one has been a day of rest for yours truly. So I'm going next week to sit on a beach, smoke a cigar, have a glass of bourbon, and do nothing for a week except some fishing and some sitting in a hot tub watching Shooting Stars. You can follow me on Instagram to see all of my excursions at the beach. And I'm going to take my Eden Pure Thunderstorm with me. The reason is because... I take it when I travel because if a hotel room stinks or a rental car stinks, it eliminates the odor. 
and you can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. You hold this thing in your hand. It's just a little bigger than your hand. You plug it into the wall. You can use a USB cord in a rental car if it's got a USB outlet or a cigarette lighter with an adapter. You plug it in. If someone has smoked in the car, it wipes out that odor. If you're cooking, it wipes out the stinky odors after cooking. If you fried something in your kitchen, it leaves that fry smell and wipes out the odors. It works. You get one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your RV or one for your basement. Leave them there. Turn them on when you need them. Wipe out bad odors. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is just Eric, E-R-I-C-K, on the front page of the site. This hour of the program is sponsored by First Liberty Building and Loan. I don't care where you are. You're on Long Island. You're in Long Beach. You need access to grow your company. Reach out to First Liberty. FirstLibertyGA.com, FirstLibertyGA.com. They might be able to help you get to yes, where a lot of banks are telling you no. They make their own decisions. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. Um, I'm going to switch up gears here. Let me let me get into this TikTok story here. I'm, I'm going to be briefer with it than I had otherwise intended. The United States is pushing for TikTok to sell the demand has hardened the White House's stance towards uh, bit, uh, TikTok, which is owned by ByteDance, which is a Chinese company. Being a Chinese company, it's run by communists who are tied to the Communist Party and the uh, people's uh, the, the uh, Chinese Communist Army. The Biden administration wants TikTok's Chinese ownership to sell the app or face a ban, TikTok said Wednesday, as the White House has hardened its stance. Now, this comes after TikTok hired SKDK, used to be SDK Knickerbocker, it's a, or SKD Knickerbocker. It's a Democratic public consulting firm with a lot of deep ties into the Biden White House. And they've given up, TikTok has, on trying to get Republicans on board as Republicans are more and more concerned about China. The lobbyists out there are pushing the story that Republicans are only concerned about China because it was a distraction from the concern they should have about Russia. What I find very notable, well, let me read you this paragraph so that the New York Times, you can hear how they dance around it. The demand for a sale coupled with the White House's support for legislation that would allow it to ban TikTok in the United States hardens the administration's approach. It harks back to the position of former President Donald J. Trump, who threatened to ban TikTok unless it was sold to an American company. In other words, what the Times goes to great trouble to not say directly is that the Biden White House is embracing another Donald Trump position that they originally rejected. You will recall the Biden administration is now attempting to detain families at the border. You try to come across the American border, you're going to get detained now, and you're going to go to one of those, as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez called them, concentration camps. Not really, but that's what she called them when Trump was president. And that's where you're going to go under the Biden administration. They've reverted to the Trump-era policy they had otherwise rejected. Now they're reverting to the Trump-era policy on TikTok of sell it or else. That's, that's Trump's policy. And now Biden is embracing it. Time and time again, things that Donald Trump put into place, the Biden team is embracing after trying to find ways around them because they happen to be common sense approaches. Getting the Chinese Communist Party to divest itself of TikTok, 
is a good a thing. You know, TikTok, when it's live, when it's on your phone and the app is open, it can record your surroundings. It can hear what's going on. It might possibly be able to activate the camera. It is alleged that the Chinese have surveilled the locations of individual Americans tied to their TikTok accounts just by when they open the app and where they open the app. It's a surveillance program of the of the Chinese Communist Party, and it also, with its algorithm, feeds American kids deeply destructive things that pollute their minds and, and harm them. I do find it very interesting that TikTok hired SKDK, that they gave up trying to lobby Republicans, and that they decided the preferred lobbying firm of the, of the Biden administration would be who they go to, and the Biden administration comes out and says, sell or else. Wonder how much SKDK got paid by TikTok for them to arrive back at the Donald Trump position. And part of me wonders if they're making money off TikTok and, and they're using it to help Joe Biden. They're making Joe Biden look firm and strident on the issue. But at least he finally got there. Well after Republicans around the country got there. In multiple Republican states, South Carolina, Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Iowa, uh, the Dakotas. You can't use TikTok on government phones. Uh, you can't use it on federal government phones now anymore thanks to Republican-passed legislation that the Democrats went along with. It's probably time for all of us to delete TikTok from our phones and save ourselves from the Chinese Communist Party.